0: Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Gotta be quick. The kids are in the house. This message called reset message. It's called the reset. Then I've got something prophetic to say at the end. I said prophetic, and um and so I I believe it's a word for many people in the house. Give it up for the worship team. They do so well, they serve the house, they understand what it what it means to serve our great God in the capacity that they do. They step up and give themselves. It's awesome. Just to, um, a lot of people weren't here when I preached a little bit of this a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, and I said the divine reset. Sometimes we get off track. And who better to realign us to the vision other than the one who purposed us? That's an important word, vision and purpose. The, The Lord is the best one to reset us into the vision that that which He has for us and our families, our marriages. God has a vision. The Bible says, without vision, we perish. Another version says, we dwell carelessly. Another version says, we go wild. Without vision, we go wild, we do anything. Even on the Sabbath, people are just doing anything they want. Shopping, whatever, hitching up the boat, I don't know, but with vision, when you align yourself to that vision, it's a marvelous thing how it can discipline your life, how it can pull things in, watching those tennis players play, what a final last night, who saw the women's final last night, oh man, I haven't been watching the women's, I shouldn't say that final, but I'm going to watch them. the women have improved so much. I talked about reprioritizing our life. I talked about spiritual alignment. So I'm just going to paraphrase some of the things that I said, talking about resetting. You watch the tennis players, how they reset. They, they falter, bad shot, and, but they get their composure back. I noticed in the boys' home, there was five dormitories and 30 boys in each dormitory, and I worked in the boys, basic, boys, boys' jail for six years. There was five dormitories. And the ones in this particular dormitory, they were always tripping up on themselves and hanging on to stuff that had happened during the day. Whereas the smarter guy, he'd have something happen to him, but he'd soon somehow resolve it one way or another. And he'd get on with his life because he knew if he stayed stuck in that situation, he wasn't going to get all the privileges. Get this. The worst criminals that we had in that particular institution, they were in the best dormitory, where they could walk out onto the veranda and enjoy the freedom of a smoke or whatever, and we would trust them. The guys that were in there for overdue library books almost, they were in the worst dormitory, where they were locked up, incarcerated... And, but because I realized later, after many years, it was because they kept on doing dumb stuff. They weren't able to reset. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Bible says, don't let the, don't let the sun go down on your anger with your wife in particular. You've got to reset, don't you, Julianne? You've got to reset. Oh, sorry. sorry, I didn't... But everyone... <laughs> you got, you got to reset. I faltered, but I'm resetting. That's what I saw in the women's final. And those women were outstanding how they constantly reset themselves to go again. Ball would go out, okay. It'd go long, or that was a dumb shot, but then they would step up again and reset. Julie loves to reset our house, uh, look, I'm a kind of, uh, you know, I like to think, uh, I, once it's set, I, I like it to stay like that. Uh, We've got a lot of paintings, Julie's an artist, creative person like Katrina, and she, we got these great paintings all through the house, but I like, I get used to them, I go, I love where that is, that's awesome, that's great, I'm walking by it now, thank you Jesus, I love that painting, uh, and then I come home one day, that painting, where is it, what happened to it, what's that painting doing there? That, that shouldn't be there. No, I've got to have the Neil Joseph print right there. I've got to have the Phil Pringle print right there. That's where, and, and Julie likes to reset our home and change things up, like massive things. She'll, she'll have a sore back for three days just to move the lounge around, you know. She's creative. Put up your hand if you're creative. Yeah, Pauline. He likes to have that car reset and have it washed. Reset it. You got a new car, got messy, it's got pizza boxes in it, Kentucky fried chicken container. (laughs) And and you reset it. You reset it. I gotta reset my face shortly, because it's got this is what I do around summer, and, and maybe this week coming I'll reset my face with a clear shaven look. Amen? You like the beard? So alignment is being in the right position. It's like an agreement. It's a spiritual alignment. That's what ultimately gets the favor of God and the blessings of God on your life. This dramatic statement in Malachi 3.10, I'm gonna start moving along real quick now. I hope you got your Bibles. Lift up your Bibles, the irrefutable, the immutable, the the authoritative, authoritative, the the life-giving, the, yes, Julie. The um, just lift up your Bibles, grab your Bibles in your hand, and just wave them in the air like you just don't care. And that's your Bible, and you, you need that Bible. That's your B I B L E, and you've got to have your Bible with you wherever you go. It's the instruction manual for life. It's 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 precious, but you can mark it, you can highlight it, you can put notes in it. It, It's all right. You can walk around it. It can get tatted. It can get trashed somewhat, but it's the Bible. You need it. You need to bring it to church. Okay, Bit bit of house cleaning there. It says this in being spiritually aligned, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. This is a radical statement God says to us. Test me in this. If you spiritually align yourself, position yourself correctly test me to see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough to contain it. Now, we're in a Western world. What do you do? You go straight to all the, all the stuff that you could possess. No, it's not that. It's about the love of God that's shed abroad your heart that when you're under the Anointing. When you're under the spout where the glory pours out, under the open heaven, your heart becomes so filled, you've got to give it away to the checkout girl in Coles. And I, I don't want to do it, but I can't help it. I start up a little conversation, Tim, and one thing leads to another. I usually open it up. with, say, "Have you seen a live band lately?" Yeah, I did, man. I saw. Bon Jovi, whatever. Yeah, he's awesome. Bon <laughs> Is he still. Around? Right. And, 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 sorry. and, 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 yeah, I love And then I'll quickly write, Right. I've, I've got to try and spiritualize this conversation. Yeah, he's got, that, he's got that song. Prayer. What's that song, girl? Help me. Prayer. Living on a prayer. Whoa, living. Yeah, does he still sing that? Yeah, yeah, I believe in prayer. It like that, but it doesn't sound like that. <laughs> I believe in prayer. So I've turned it, I've turned it, I've reframed it, counseling terms, I've reframed it, and now I'm in a God space where I can talk about, I've reset, I've reset that moment that I'm glancing that person or encountering that person. I've reset it for God's purpose. Who struggles? That's where you've got to have authority. That's where you've got to have the courageousness to turn that conversation around in Jesus' name, rather than talking gibberish and gossip and stuff. Ah, tires you out, amen? Jesus was the master of turning, John chapter 4. We're not talking about being perfect, but we're talking about our hearts being aligned to God. I believe at the start of January, and typically a lot of people understand this, that it it is a good time to reassess, to do an appraisal what is going to happen for 2018. I think 2018, prophetically from what I'm hearing, is pregnant with a lot of possibilities. Is pregnant with a possibility. I want to get into that at the end. But for those just coming into the faith, for those coming into the faith, I want to give you... I want to give you the best teaching or, 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 or the best understanding of where you're at in God's kingdom, what God has done for you, if you're saved, and you shall be saved. If you're not saved, you will be saved at the end of this meeting. But, but I, I want to give you the best oversight of what salvation means. Are you in for that? Give the Lord a hand if you are. Come on. I need to... Now, it says in Ephesians 4.22 to 24, you were taught with regard to your former way of life, okay, That, that, that old way, that stinking thinking that you're living selfishly and you're just doing your own thing and whatever, and you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, put off that old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new. I love newness. Who likes newness? I love new things. I love it. I love it. Uh, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And then there's this important word, and it's in 2 Corinthians 3.18, and it says it like this, but we all, seeing the glory of the Lord with unveiled faces, I hope you did that this morning in the worship, as in a mirror, the, the, the Word of God says the, the Word is like a mirror, are being transformed, say transformed, Say, transform. Say, transform me, Lord. Transform me in 2018, Lord. Transform me in 2018. Look to heaven and say, Lord, transform me in 2018. Into the same image, from glory to glory, by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, brief summary. God designed humans... To think, feel, speak, and act in certain ways. But we walked away. Garden of Eden. I hope you know the story. We listened to serpents. We disobeyed God's instruction. And we messed up humanity. We messed ourselves up. In fact, we messed the universe up. God had a plan. He sent his son Jesus to reset humanity. To reset your heart to be able to know God not just religiously by obeying the laws of the, of the Word of God, but knowing Him intuitively. Do you know there's people that don't even go to church that know God intuitively? They know God just by... There's even a guy probably in the pub crying in his beer. He's feeling God right now. Now, that might sound like heresy to you, but it's true. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. And that poor man who's in that pub Anguished about his marriage, his lost job, whatever, lost potential, lost purpose. God's there with him. Can God go into a pub? Yes, he can. Reset. God reset us for those who were saved through Jesus. Your heart was reset. Your mind was reset. You have been transformed back to potentially think as Christ would think, as Christ would act, as Christ would do. This is the potential that we have, amen? You have that potential by being reset. The great reset book in the Bible is the book of Ephesians. And in the book of Ephesians, we have—it's broken up into two sections— From chapter 1 to chapter 3, it talks about how God has given us new life. It talks about the sovereignty of God. It talks about the grace of God. And it talks about that God is reconciling all things unto him through his son Jesus. It even says in the book of Ephesians that he is reconciling the universe Even the weather maybe, I don't know. Even the animal kingdom, I don't know. But I know this, it says in the Bible that he is reconciling, reconciling. Do we know what that word means? I had reconciliation to my family members in Wales. I had never known I was born in Wales. I didn't even know what an auntie was. I didn't know what an uncle was. I didn't know what a grandmother was. I never knew all the days of my life until... Two years ago, I went back to Wales. I left there in 1958 on a train to New South Wales. The New South Wales. My dad said, do you know what? There's a New South Wales with better weather. There's a New South Wales with good beaches. And we need to go there. My mum went kicking and screaming. She did not like the idea. But she ended up loving the beaches and lo- lo- end up loving the weather. And so I never knew what an auntie, auntie uncle, or all these things that you Aussie people and people have in your life. But two years ago, Evan, I found not just one, but two of my aunties. And I had this, oh, sobbing reconciliation time. I got to meet them and they hadn't seen me since I was christened in a, in a, in a very quaint church in Wales and they held me and they oh, they, they, were, they were absolutely blessed. That's what God wants to do. As Pastor Julia was saying, the father is waiting for the prodigals, the Australians, to come back. Who feels like their friends and the people are on the brink of getting saved? Do you know anyone that maybe is teetering on the edge of being reconciled to God? Are you helping matters when you walk in the room? Is it, is, it, is it changing the atmosphere? Is it giving potential for God to get to them? Yes, they feel a bit awkward because you're a Christian, but you can work around that by being friendly, by being kind, by being nice, not grumpy and not religious, but being friendly with a smile on your dial, amen? And when you walk into that place, God is reconciling. All things, even the boss. Even the boss is being reconciled. Imagine that. Is that for you, sister? Is your boss getting reconciled? Why, why, why are you laughing? Sorry, I shouldn't point you out, but from chapter one to three, a little paraphrase, it talks about the vertical relationship between us and God. It it, it, it's, it says things like that we have been chosen. Let's go there, Ephesians 1 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. He chose you to be holy and blameless in his sight. And we've been chosen to be part of this holy community that God calls the church. You've been called to be a part of this body, of this body called the church that gives manifestations to God's goodwill, His healing, His salvation and deliverance comes through you. You are the church. I hope C3 Tugra. for those people joining us or going to join us, give it up, everyone. Give them a hand clap if they're coming into the family of God, realizing that I'm born for a purpose. See, without purpose, you are dwelling carelessly, roaming aimlessly. Do you know anyone like that? I just want to get them and look into their eyes. We love it because we've got the work for the doll now. We've got a captive audience, Jilly, haven't we? They come on side and we get to them and we tell them things like, you're born for a purpose. This is God's house. You're not just pulling weeds out for some building. This is God's building. What do you mean? Well, this is God's house. Wow. He said, you're doing this for God. You're serving God by doing this. Wow. We've had the organization. Thanks to Jilly. Give Jilly a hand. Say you, your C3 Church organisation and Jilly Flaxman, are the best host host of the work for the Dole people on the Central Coast. Basically, you're the most on the coast. Do you like that? You could Twitter that. You're the most on the coast, Rachel. Pardon? Thank you, Julie, for that awesome revelation. I'm going to take that. No one heard it. Now I'm going, to, I'm going to get the credit. Because, thank you, Julie, for that prompt, because they're being transformed. The Bible in Ephesians talks about, yes, we're saved vertically, but now we should be saved and transformed to outwork God's love And God's ministry, horizontally, say horizontal, and then he says in Ephesians four. Quickly, I've I haven't got time. I've got to keep moving along. As a prisoner for the Lord, because Paul is in jail while he's writing this, he says, "I urge you." Say, "I urge you," to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Are you saved? You've been called. He's saying, Paul, he's languishing in jail and he's writing not to a troubled church, not to a problem church. He's talking to a good church like us. This is a letter, the book of Ephesians is a letter to a church like us. And he's saying, I'm urging you, after I've explained in three chapters, that you are a son, that you are a daughter of the Lord, that there are heavenly blessings over you there is an open heaven over you. If you knew it, you would absolutely be amazed. So chapters 3 and 6, it says about how God wants to live in this new life. When you read chapters 3 to 6, it talks about, and Paul is admonishing us, that means encouraging and warning us, look, you've answered your calling, you have been chosen. I go to that help me, that, was it Toy Story, and the, was that it, Doug, help me, I I just go there, every time I say chosen, choose me, choose me, and the claws come down in the machine, yes, yeah, you have been chosen to God's great delight, that means there was emotion behind it, that means I choose him, no, I choose him, I choose you, I choose you, Lou, I choose you. Give it up for the Lou family. He's got a revival breaking out. Stand up, Lou and, and wife. Wife got saved. Lou's on fire for God. Yeah, just stand up. You have reset your family, your life for 2018. New beginnings, new day horizon. Your eyes are being opened to God's grand plan of blessing and prosperity. Amen? Amen. For you, your family, your uncles, and your aunties, the church has grown double fold. It's grown twice since Lou's joined the church. We've grown by a hundred people. And in this this second, in in this um, chapters three to six, it talks about this horizontal application of the truth, taking the truth and applying it to our friends and family and our world. And it talks about unity. It talks about your walk. It talks about strength. It talks about this strength that we have. And the key to the whole book, I guess, is in chapter chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. Thank you, multimedia team. Give it up for these guys. Woo! Give it up for these guys. Come on. Yeah. Don't put your head down. Receive some praise. Ephesians 1, 9. Sorry, Ellie. He made known to us the mystery... The mystery of His will. Well, the mystery is salvation itself. But the mystery is a little bit about your life. What is it about your life? How can we find out what you were born for, what you are purposed to do? I would admonish you to read the Bible. Get yourself into a good spirit-filled church and find out what God has for you. The mystery of His will according to His good pleasure that He planned in Him the administration of the days of fulfillment, that means now, to bring everything, even the whole universe, to the Messiah, both things in heaven and things on earth. So things in heaven have been signed, sealed, and delivered for for your life to be saved, for your life to be significant in Him and to be fulfilled in Him. It's been signed, sealed, delivered. See the cross? Look to the cross right now. Look, that is the very reason that in heaven it's signed, sealed, and delivered. The potential is absolutely wild, Ryan, what we can do through what God has for our life. Ephesians 3.14 to 21. And I love this. And this this is so important. One of the key things, before I come out of this Ephesians book, I, I think, is this. Ephesians 3.14 says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. And this is our prayer from C3 to you if you're visiting. And I pray that you'd go with this. I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love. There's more love in each chapter in the book of Ephesians than anywhere in the New Testament. Did you get that? The theme of Ephesians is truth and love, and there's more love in each chapter of the six chapters of Ephesians than anywhere in the book of the New Testament or the the New Testament. I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power, through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and how high and deep is this love of God? How long, how wide, how deep? How long, how wide, how deep? I remember standing in Fiji. The tide goes out 500 meters Anyway, it's a story. And the tide went out, and we walked out to the very edge, To it was about half a meter, but it just went straight down, and the water was so clear, and and it was like 40 foot deep, and I really felt like I was going to fall to the bottom. I could see sharks, I could see fish, I could see the wildlife, but because it was so clear, Andrew, and it was straight down, it felt like you were going to fall in. And it just took you a little while to venture in to the ocean. But once you were in, we were all fighting over the goggles, because we only had a certain amount of goggles and snorkels. But we had a great time. And I know this, God's love, when we understand the gravity, the profoundness, how long, how wide, how deep the love of God is, do you know what? That's what you need yes it's important to love God but you know what I think it's even more important to know the love of God some people are really stressing to know and to worship and to find that love of God but thank you Julie I feel like James Brown Um, it's important just in your quiet attitude to know this vast love. And when you do, it's seemingly, it's then when God is able to reveal himself to you. That you may have power together with all the Lord's people, verse 18, to grasp how wide and long and how deep is the love of Christ and to know his love that surpasses knowledge That you being filled with the measure of the fullness of God, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. That all we ask or imagine. But then it says in Ephesians chapter 6, it says this as Paul's final argument. He basically says, but there's a war. This is not a drill. The enemy's fighting unfairly. He's resisting us. He's resisting God. He's resisting God's will in your life. And Paul's final argument, he says in chapter 6, verse 10, finally be strong. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That means in the second heaven, where there's principalities and things against us causing havoc. Be vigilant. Be alert. As he said in Ephesians chapter 5, wake up, O sleeper. Wake up, O sleeper. Hear God. See God for 2018. Reset your life towards Him. Reset your vision. Reset your prayer. Reset your heart. Reset your mind. Reset your family. Reset your business in Him. Lord, I'd reprioritize my life. I, I, I need, Lord, like a chiropractor, I need an alignment, a spiritual alignment in my life. And this is what I was going to say prophetically. Stirred in my heart last night as I was looking at this message, pondering this message, and I was thinking about how the enemy has caused this church to be thwarted. And and we call this the spirit of delay. Say the spirit of delay. Can I tell you for 20 years, 21 years now, we have faced the spirit of delay, slowing down our vision, slowing down our children's church being finished. I have not, to be honest, I have not experienced the warfare against finishing the kids' church. We got a million dollars buildings out of the ground with a fair game of good prayer, good giving, sacrificial giving, good prayer. We were able to get this building out of this land that the council said, no way. This, this land will never be deemed as a place of worship. Well, five years later, the council deemed this building as a place of worship. Can you give it up? Five-year fight. I know Oxford Falls face their own battle. The spirit of delay. I want to say this to business people, marriages. I want to say this to your life, that whose calling has evaded them. Or, 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 or stuff, visas. Or stuff, visas. The spirit of delay is coming down in this house. We're coming against it in Jesus' name. God is accelerating His plans, not delaying His plans. I want to build a little case. I'm here to declare enough is enough. Spirit of delay is coming down. And delay can be good. God can delay things for our protection. And God can delay things for His ultimate will. Don't get me wrong. Things can be delayed. But there's a delay that is not godly and it's the enemy. Yes, Proverbs 3.6 3, 6 says, in all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your path straight. But we don't have to be okay with the spirit of delay. Amen? Roadblocks, hindrances, even confusion in your path. From keeping, accomplishing your will and the will of this, of this church, God's will for this church. Amen? We're coming against the spirit of delay. We're coming against it in Jesus' name. Dreams that we're trying to accomplish, visions that we're trying to accomplish, that God has put in our hearts. Dreams and visions that God has put in our hearts are being thwarted by the enemy's plans. We need to pray against the spirit of delay. We need to pray for a breakthrough. We know that in all throughout God's word we see where the enemy tried to stand in the way of what God had desired for his people to do. I'm reminded of the prophet Daniel who fasted and prayed for a breakthrough for 21 days. The Bible says that the angel of the Lord came to him and told him that God heard his prayer on the first day, but the battle had been raging with the Prince of Persia and he had been detained, he had been detained. We must be awoken to this spirit of delay. There's a war in the heavenlies. I'm sorry, Christians, to announce, to 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 give you Paul's admonition to say, finally, be strong, because there's a war over your life, over your family, over your children, over your business, over your marriage, over your church. There's a war over your pastor. There's a war over your friends. Paul says in Ephesians 6.10, as I said, finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul and the hindrances that he faced when he tried to reach the brethren in Thessalonica. Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonica 2.17-18, but brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time in person, not in thought, out of the intense longing we made every effort to see you, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. That's right, even the Apostle Paul was blocked. Can I tell you, I honestly believe that we're facing a spiritual battle to accomplish God's great great work through our life through our church we must stand and declare with authority over the enemy and he does come to kill, steal and destroy John 10.10 it's time to get busy church and stand up in the kingdom of God anointing and authority and come against those hindrances that have stopped you God told me to tell you to hang on are reminded of this powerful promise in 1 Peter 5.10. And the God of all grace who called you to His eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while, will Himself restore, say restore, say restore, say will restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. God has promised to restore you. We know that in Romans 8.31, the Apostle Paul reminds us, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He then went to write on in the verse 37, no, 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 reset, no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us how long, how wide, how deep, that love, that open heaven love, that great gaze of heavenly love towards you and me through the Father, through the Son, and in the Holy Spirit, that great love towards you. No, no devil. We are more than conquerors. Through Christ, who strengthens us, through prayer, not fleshy efforts, but through submission, and obedience to be spiritually lined, to be reset, ready to serve again, in Jesus' name, and play like Federer, with all class. Like what is it, Gazali? What did that guy? Gazelle. Huh? Gazelle. God wants to put style back in you, class back in you. He wants you to play for Jesus. He wants you to win points for Jesus. He wants you to advance his kingdom, to advance his church. He wants you to finish that kid's church. It's going to take faith, guys. It's going to take faith. Nine steps, I'm done. Sorry, I'm done. Are you ready to fight and reset for your life for 2018? We must arise and push forward. That's how we built this church, guys. wasn't given to us by the Vatican. wasn't given to us by C3 head office. This is here by the goodwill of the people that made this space available. Vision builders, be strong. Keep giving. If you want to give to the kids' ministry, yes, we rose $1,000. That's what the kids did. But what can you do as an adult? What sacrifice can you make? we're about we need to raise serious monies to make it happen so here's nine steps for you, here's something practical you can stand God bless you, it's time to walk in your God given authority two, establish a prayer life three, pray in the name of Jesus break curses of all the wrong covenants that you've made that cause delay, four establish the power of agreement with your spouse or friend Five, guard your tongue against negativity, gossip and slander. Six, make a forceful declaration. Seven, release. Realize God is able to break every delay. Eight, be a giver. Realize. Nine, realize that God is faithful to complete what He starts. And I'm here to declare something. This is a new day. I'm entering into the promised land. I'm entering into the plans and purposes of God for my life for which I'm born. I have been chosen, and I've been purposed to do good works, the book of Ephesians says. I have been called, I have been chosen to do good works in my lifetime, to leave this planet better than I found it in Jesus' name. through the power of prayer, pushing back darkness, pushing back the enemy's plans, and revealing God's good will. I am entering into my inheritance, receiving God's promises everyone nothing can stand in my way and no enemy will prevail against me for God is with me he will never leave me or forsake me I am strong I am courageous I am fearful I am not discouraged I am not fearful I am not discouraged I will succeed in what God says for me to do hallelujah hallelujah come on let's do Declare it, and proclaim it. I want you to declare something right where you stand. I want you to declare salvation to your friends and family for 2018. The Bible says in Ephesians that He's reconciling all things, including the universe. He's, he's reconciling all things. Lord, include me to help reconcile all things the spiritual atmosphere in my home, in my car, in my business, in my workplace, in my town, in my shopping center, in my street. Lord, you're reconciling. You're reconciling all things unto you. Lord, I extend my heart to you. I give my hands to you. Reset my mind. Reset my heart. Reset my hands. Reset my worship. Reset my anointing. Reset my authority. Reset my prayer. Reset my passion for you, my God. I reset my family unto you. I bring them to the altar of your great love. And I say, God, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Give the Lord a hand clap. Now, just close your eyes. Close your eyes. If there be anyone in the house that you don't know this great love, this love that is profound like a deep ocean that is higher than the stars, that is bigger than the universe. How would you like to allow the love of God into your heart right now? I've got a short prayer for you. Our time is gone, but I know this. In 2018, God wants to reset you New beginnings, fresh new start. He wants to he wants to reset you back to the manufacturer's settings, to think like he thinks, to do what he does, to act like how he acts. He wants you to bring you back to the default settings, to be a worshiper, to be a prayer, to be a giver. you've been clunking along like an old computer that needs to be defragged that needs to be reset back to the manufacturer's setting. You need to be reset. He needs to turn the power of darkness off in your life and He needs to turn the power of God's light on into your life. There's the reboot. There's the reset right there. If you're into that, the Bible calls it being born again. Being born again, where you allow your heart to be exposed to the great love of God and He allows you to be born again. Your your spirit is born again into that great friendship with God, with Jesus that your faith is reborn to believe in miracles, that your heart is reborn to believe in the love of God, in His grace, in His mercy, that you're reborn to be a builder of God's church, to be a part of this holy community, to be reset to be that man or woman of God that He has destined you to be. I declare reset to your business, to your home, to your heart, to your marriage, to your mind. Oh, Jesus eyes closed. If you want to be reset by the power of God, we call this being born again, becoming a Christian. You're not joining a church. You're not becoming religious. You're simply acknowledging the power of God's love in your life. He will invade your life. He will heal you, bless you, recover you, redeem you. It's a matter of course. But the first thing that you must do, the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead on that third faithful day, if you believe that, you can be saved. On the count of three, everyone's praying in their house. We're going to do this every Sunday. We're going to do this and fight for people's souls. There's a spiritual battle over our friends and family. There's a spiritual battle in the second heaven. We're going to war in the heavenly right now. We're going to pray. And just, just, would you just say this, if you're not used to praying, would you declare this, decree this, proclaim this? Would you do this? Would you say this one word? Salvation. Salvation. Say it again. Say it again. Declarate, declaring, decreeing is the highest form of prayer. I want you to say it with a decree, like a king. You're a king. You're a king. You're a priest, the Bible said. And I want you to proclaim over this land, Salvation with that authority that God has given you. Salvation. Say it again. Salvation. Women of God, come on. Say it in your own wonderful way. Salvation in the schools. Salvation in the marketplace. Salvation in the streets. Salvation in the shopping centers. Salvation in the church of Jesus Christ. All right. Now we got the air pregnant with God. Now we got the very molecules crackling and popping. The very molecular structure of the atmosphere is pregnant with the supernatural power of the living God do you need healing I'd be I'd be getting I'd be asking for healing right now do you need to be reset I'd be asking the Lord to reset you I used to worship I used to worship till the cows came home now I can't even worship for five minutes reset to your I used to be a great giver I used to be a spontaneous giver but now I find it hard to give I, I reset your generosity reset your heart to give. Okay, here it is. Here it is. Eyes closed. On the count of three. If you feel this is your time to step into 2018 with a fresh commitment to Jesus. Maybe this is your first, first time commitment. Maybe this is a recommitment. I want to include you in this prayer. This is a new day. The new day beckons you. But you've got to reprioritize your life. You've got to realign your life. You've got to allow the Holy Spirit chiropractor to come and realign those areas of your life. If that's you too, if that's you too, if that's you, I want you to be included. A fresh new commitment, first time commitment. This is a 45 second prayer of salvation. If this is for you from front to back, from this side to this side. We're praying for you. Everyone's done this. Hundreds of thousands of people are doing it all over the planet right now. Why don't you be included, my friend? Let faith arise and say, God is my God. He is the Lord of my salvation. Here it is. Shriek. Put your hand up and put it back down when I say, shriek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the front to the back. Shriek. Shriek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Put up your hand. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Put it, put it up and then put it down. Re-commute, yeah, that's great. And another one. I'm giving a, a 15 second opportunity here. Jump in while you can. A window of opportunity is here right now. The atmosphere is pregnant with God. Quick, quick. Hands are going up. One, two, three. One, two, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone, anyone else? All right, here it is. Here it is. Let's say this prayer. Let's say this prayer all together. Father God, I believe in your son Jesus. I believe he walked the earth, performed miracles, died on the cross for my sin, rose on the third day, lives at the right hand of the Father. He's praying for me. He's interceding for me. He's calling me. He's anointing me. Jesus now this is the kicker, this is the one. Lord Jesus, forgive me of all my sin, of all my compromise. Forgive me, Lord. Realign me into your, into that godly position under an open heaven. Realign me, Lord God, to know your great love. Realign me, Lord God, to know the promises of God and that covenant of God over my life align me now reset me now In Jesus name Jesus name Amen We hope you enjoyed listening to this message for more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c 3 telgraorgau We hope to see you at church soon. There is no greater love than that of yours We want the world to know So we'll rise in selfless faith To live like Christ for all our days